Hi there, I'm Anne-Marie McQueen, editor of Live Healthy, and this is the Live Healthy podcast. Each week we interview health and wellness leaders and talk about all the things that are good for you, which you can also read about in our online magazine, the only one of its kind for men and women in the UAE. Today I'm chatting with Nuno Costa Fernandez. He's an indoor cycling instructor from Portugal who developed a devoted following for his classes at Flywheel and Barry's Bootcamp. He talks about landing in Dubai, the slow road to becoming a popular instructor, and becoming the owner of his own boutique fitness studio, Crank, in Dubai's Al Sarkal Avenue, and now Abu Dhabi. What's your dog's name? Chapo. 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 So cute. It means like sh- short in, in Spanish. It's just a catchy name. Where did you get <laughs> where did you get Chapo? Uh, in Dubai. Here, here in Dubai. Uh, I, I was really not not trying to get a dog, but then me and Holly went to this pet shop. And I told her, let's not go in because we'll we'll feel bad about the dogs there. And uh, and he was there. Um instead of being very you know energetic like the other dogs he was there very like sad so we left the shop and we're like we need to go get we need to go and rescue that dog from that shop he looked miserable uh and then that's how we got him (laughs) that's so cute um okay so you you've been posting some social media this week of you when you were what a teenager yeah yeah, i was uh, 17 when i started teaching how did how do you start teaching spinning when you're 17 how do you start teaching? So I have started, uh, first of all, I start back. I was a very overrated kid, uh, very fat. Um, my, for most of my young years, my dad was abroad. Uh, I was born in Bermuda. Uh, so my dad was in Bermuda working, managing a restaurant. And my mom was raising me in Portugal. And, uh, you know, like uh, any, any good mom in Portugal does, she feeds you everything. Uh, you know, she probably would feel bad that I was alone many hours during the day because she, you know, she had to go to work and stuff. So she would just basically come home and just cook me anything. <laughs> so I, I put a lot of weight. Um, and I was often very bullied in school because of that and very bad in sports. Um, I started playing basketball because I couldn't make it to the football team. Started playing basketball, helped me a lot. I lost lost some weight. Um, but what made a big difference for me was going to the gym. So I started going to the gym when I was 15. Uh, I remember my mom used to have to sign a waiver every time I had to go in um, because I was un- underage to go to the gym alone. Now things changed. Our kids can go to the gym on their own. Obviously, there's a parent consent form, but it's easier. And I, I, I told myself, like, society is not going to change. I don't feel good about myself. I'm a bit tired of being you know, made fun of in school. I got to change. So I, I started to, to take classes. Uh, I remember my first spin class. It was a disaster. It was so hard. <laughs> but then I looked down on the floor and the, the floor was so sweaty. And I'm like, well, this actually can help me. Um, so I started to get addicted to it. So I started to do two classes a week and three, then four, then five. Then I started to do every day. Um, and in, in Portugal, gyms close on Sunday. So I would work. I would do a class every single day apart on Sunday. And Sunday I started running as well. 
I would do like two kilometers and then come back. Um, so slowly, slowly like adding up and made it to a football team, started playing football as well. So that was, that was great for me. But at the same time, like, because I've taken so many classes, uh, my body changed tremendously. Um, and uh, the, one of the, the, the main instructors um, that used to work on that gym asked me, would you, would you like to teach one day? I said, I would love to. And then uh, she, she basically said, so you need to do this course if you want to teach. I went, I took this uh, spin course. I looked like I was the kid. Everybody was like my parents. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I finished the course and then I started teaching a few months after. And then it was the best uh, learning experience for me because, uh, you know, when you are so young, uh, and you start teaching and you have grown-ups doing your class, like how do you um, bring authority with you? Like people don't respect you that much. So it was, it was great for me to kind of learn from a young age um, and manage expectations and all that kind of stuff. So that's how it all started for me. How did you figure out how to bring that authority? I mean, like I was very much involved in the gym. So I used to take a lot of classes and people kind of like, they knew me from there. And I kind of use like, um, first of all, you know, making sure I feel comfortable with people. Like I go and approach people um, here in Dubai is a bit difficult because, you know, the class, the classes have a lot of people, but compared in, in Europe, it was a bit more intimate. It was like maybe 10, 15 people maximum uh, per class because the gyms don't have that many bikes you know back in the days was like that um so i used to you know go and speak with people uh my, my dad was very my dad and my mom were uh really really good with that to be honest and i've grown up seeing seeing them work um so i've learned a lot from my mom and my dad who are like very very easy with people um and my mom worked on the same shop for 20 years so i used to come out of school and and sit in the shop with her and she was so good with people and my dad was he's like a master with, with people he loves people um he used to have we used to have a restaurant uh, when my dad returned from bermuda i was like 11 um and uh, he, op he opened a restaurant and and he, he said that now every summer i have to go and work with him so i worked there from 11 till i was like 15 years old every summer i spent working there with him i used to hate it but um it was it was a great great experience to learn. My dad is really good with people, like yeah. fantastic. So I learned I learned a lot from him, and and yeah. So like before class, I would speak with people, yeah, break the ice a little bit, and try to use that uh, empathy to kind of like relax and make them understand that I was there for them. But yeah, um, I'm curious because a lot of people who were bullied, myself included, I was bullied when I was a kid for my weight as well, and you a lot of people carry that for a long time and they don't realize that they're carrying it. Right. Like they yeah. up and lose weight. Like, how do you, what do you think about that? How do you do, how does that, does that impact you today? How have you dealt with it? I mean, it impacted me in the way, like I, I, if all things uh, taught me how to be a bit tougher and uh, taught me how to really disregard bad feedback and good feedback, uh, from anything in life, kind of filter the noise a little bit and really understand what's really important and what's not. Um, and, and, you know, really help, help me to understand who is my friend and you know what I mean? Like, you know, in, in, in a bigger scope of things, it really helped me 
to understand like who are the people I should trust or not and what things should bother me for real or not. So that was the main thing. But the other thing was that I also had a very good small group of friends that, you know, they would just come around and say, don't, don't listen to that. It's okay. Like, you know, so that's, that's kind of the thing that, uh, uh, that, that helped me through it, but helped me to create a mental toughness to understand that, you know, First of all, you listen to what you want to listen. And secondly, if you want to change, then it's in your hands. Yeah. You, you, have, you have control. And then if you want to act upon it, if it really bothers you, then you, you can act upon it. So that, that was kind of the route I took. Um, and when you, look, when you look back, like there's so many people also who are like where you were and look at where you are. And it just seems like insurmountable to them. But like, what do you think in those moments when you started going to the gym and you started, but you were overweight, like what kept you going? Well, the sweat, all the sweat I saw coming out of my body. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was basically the main thing. Like I uh, was kind of understanding that on, on the mid run and on the long run, my body would eventually change. Uh, and, uh, and it did, but it was like that feeling of, feeling good after a workout, understanding that what I've just done would be beneficial for me. And then after a few weeks, people saying, you know, oh, you lost weight, you lost weight. And I could see like from my, my t-shirts and my jeans, like uh, they started to change. So that was, uh, and the other thing was also uh, not just my physical appearance, but it was like any physical activities that I would take part, I would I would be much better than what I was before. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember like when I started school, we used to have maybe um, it's like that everywhere. I don't know. But in Portugal, we do this beep test where they have like a basketball court and you go from one side to the other. You run from one side to the other and then you wait for they, they, they play a sound and you hear, you hear for a beep. And then you run from that side to the other side and you hear it and you wait beep. And the, the frequency of those beeps starts to increase. So you got to go your recovery time is less and less. And I remember like, it's like a a test, a physical test that they do in the the beginning and at the end of the year. And when I started school, I was like, after a few beeps, I was out. And by the time I finished my uh, uh, college, I was was always winning that. I was staying there like much longer than everybody else. So I mean, like you also see that change, which is just not physical, but you know that you're, your body performs better. It's a better machine, right? So that really uh, motivated me. Yeah, that's where the exercise piece comes in. It's just not about like a scale up or down. Yeah, yeah. So how did you, I've also seen you on social media talk about how you came out to Dubai, like just sort of on a wing and a prayer. When when did you go to Dubai and how did you come out? Uh, Well, I was was born very delayed, uh, very delayed compared to when I was supposed to be born, my mom couldn't have kids. She was a very, very hard time getting pregnant. Um, so she had me when she was 36 or 37, like very late. So this was the eighties. Um, and she wanted to have me when she was 20. So I came in 17 years delayed. Um, all my cousins were now 10 to 15 years older than me. Um, and that to say that, in my family, I had great role models. Like I had my cousins because I didn't have any brothers. Um, my cousins were like my brothers. And one of my cousins, were li- uh, he was living here in Dubai. 
and I just finished my master's and he was like, you know what, why are you, why are you staying in Portugal for like things there are a bit tough at the minute economy. Uh, you just finished school. I, I just finished my master's. I say, come here, you can stay in my sofa and then maybe you'll find something. And uh, I've studied uh, electronic and telecommunications engineering. So I got a master's on that uh, because my another cousin of mine was really intelligent and he was he's an aerospatial engineer and my dad always told me listen if you go to university i'm not paying for a, a sports degree that's not gonna you know pay your bills one day you need to go and do something like engineering or something so that i studied engineering kind of like more to please my dad but i also liked it a lot to be honest so i finished my my degree and two weeks later on i just got on an airplane i bought a one-way ticket remember i paid um, now, if you fly to Portugal, you pay like 3,500 dirhams coming and going. Uh, so return tickets. Uh, back then, we paid 8,000 dirhams for, for a ticket. My parents helped me. It was so expensive. Wow. Um, yeah. So and then I decided to come and I felt a bit pressured and tight on the sense that, you know, it was very expensive to be here. Yeah. I literally had like. 200 euros on my bank account, which was <laughs> translates like to slightly more than a thousand dirhams. Uh, so my cousin was um, letting me stay in his couch and, you know, I put on my head, I need to find a job. So I, I've managed to find a job. I was the IT guy, the computer guy in a clinic, in a sports clinic. Okay. And, and yeah, that's, that's how it started with me. Um, I didn't like the job very much, but I knew that I had to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so it was more like a necessity and, uh, yeah, it was a rough start. And I, after, you know, for, for six months of being in Dubai every single day, I thought about living. Um, I really didn't like it here and, you know, salary wasn't anything amazing, to be honest. I was just relying on my parents' help and relying on my cousin's help and just you know, having my salary to buy, like rent a car uh, and, and pay my, my rent, renting a studio, really, not really anything fancy. And, you know, it was, it was first two years, they were not very easy, but things got much better after that. So okay, but that's how it started. And um, what year was that? This was 2013. So the, so, uh, this, the fitness so, field was not, um, not, I mean, anything what it was today. What was it? No, no. So things in Dubai were getting a bit better. So I, um, I was into triathlon then. So I did like five years uh, semi-pro triathlon kind of racing. Semi-pro means like I would be racing for a team. They would give me the bike and anything I would need. I would have to pay for, you know, traveling and all that kind of stuff. But um, and I remember when I came the year before I moved, I came to visit my cousin and he took me to uh, a bike ride to Babal Shams, you know, the, the, the resort. And people used to meet in a uh, roundabout, cycle to Babal Shams and then come back. And that was all Dubai had in terms of cycling. And then 2013, they started to build Al Qudra, which is the big cycling track here. And now, you know, Eight years later, nine years later, they have hundreds of kilometers of cycling roads. So back then, the fitness and the, the, the fitness and the sports scene here was kind of taking off because, you know, 
the Sheikh also noticed that it was a great investment to invest in, in health, invest in sports, invest in fitness facilities. But back then, no. Back then, was the fitness scene was very basic. Let's call it like that, very basic. Yeah. And for me, when I moved, I've decided to, you know, I'd be teaching for like six years back home now. Um, but I've decided to put my fitness career on the side and really focus on my degree. Okay. Uh, because I thought that was my way to make an income and, and make a living and making a career. So yeah, that was pretty much on hold for me right now. Okay. So how did you, then. yeah. How did you change your mind? Like, how did you think, okay, I can make fitness my career because I, how I know, yeah. I know you were at flywheel when it opened, I think various boot camp. Yeah, yeah. I've heard from multiple people yeah. how you've changed, you changed their lives when you were there, but how did you go from this place uh, inside to like doing it working? That makes me happy to know. Uh, basically, uh, so I was, you know, doing this job in a clinic. And the clinic was up and running down in Al Wazel Road. Um, and the staff there, the team there was so nice to me all the time. They were mainly like, mainly British people, lot of, loads of Irish. They were all very friendly, very nice. And one of the nurses, um, Sue, she came to me and said, you know, have you heard of this flywheel thing? Uh it's like an indoor cycling studio. It's like the, I, I saw on their social media, they're looking for instructors. You should apply. And I'm like, okay, maybe I, maybe I should apply. So, uh, and the nurses there, they were, um, they were like very mumsy towards me. So they knew I was very young, like I was 22, 23. And they knew I was here uh, on my own and they were always looking after me. Make sure you eat, make sure you do this. <laughs> uh, and I went and I did a class and I hated it. I'm like, Seriously, it's in the dark. What's the point of doing a class in the dark? <laughs> I'm like, I can't hear anything. Yes. It's, what's the numbers on that leaderboard? You know, I, yes. just, I didn't like it that much. But anyway, I understood that it was a really cool thing to do. So I've applied. And obviously, after a while, I loved it. And I started, I started there. So I started, you know, I would go to work 8 a.m., 8.30, leave work 6, 6.30. I would then train at flywheel after that or in the evening or in the weekends. And eventually, like I was good enough to start teaching. So I started teaching at flywheel back then flywheel flywheel was up and running for a few years now. Um, and I've joined the only had one venue in downtown and it was so packed all the time. Very popular. So packed apart, apart from my classes, my classes were empty, empty, empty. Really? Empty, 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 very empty. Um, because like, you know, they've, they've had a, a team that had started and everybody knew about them. And so people always book with the popular instructors. And uh, I remember many times, like, obviously they, they gave me a, a new time slots for me to kind of develop. Um, it, was, it was a disaster. And then uh, they, used, they used to call me sometimes to cover a class last minute, like to sub, like 6.30 p.m., like peak time. Uh, studio had like 45 people in they used to change it to my name like 20 30 people would cancel so I mean like it was it was a very tough in the beginning and I kind of like after six seven months I started to really considering giving up on it and saying listen maybe you know I'm not I'm not good um, and then they convinced me to stay and at the same time they opened the second a second location down in Golden Island Park. So I'm like, you know, this might be an opportunity for me. I always, my mindset, I was always trying to be, trying to see where can, 
I get opportunities, other things. Like I don't, I don't like to stumble upon a problem and, and just give up. You know, if I'm, if I'm going to give up on something, I've tried way too many things before, but this time I looked at it and I said, they're opening a new venue. Then all the instructors that teach in downtown, they don't want to teach there. So it's a great chance for me to kind of like start from, from scratch. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I did that. So I've, I told them I'll teach two classes a day. I'll do my best and I'll, I'll try to do it. So I used to teach a class early morning, go to work, teach a class in the evening every single day. And I used to, I asked them for the key and I used to go there on the weekend, Fridays after they close and practice, 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 like trying to understand what things I could, you know, change and be better at. Um, and then, you know, Months and months go by, like I, we opened that in Golden Almond Park, 6.30 p.m. peak time, three people, four people booked, three people, four people booked. And I'm like, seriously. But in general, it was the entire brunch. It was not very busy. Yeah. And then I started to practice, 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 you know, trying to get everybody, trying to know everybody that comes in. And that was kind of my personality. I'm, I'm, I'm a people's person. And it, eventually things started to pay off. Eventually things started to get busier. And things started to change, but it took a long time. Years. Uh, and it took you years. Yeah, it took it. Yeah, it took me like since I joined Flywheel until I had like proper, fully booked classes, like a good year and a half, right? To kind of got get like a full class, and then from then, um, things started to get much better. My classes would fill up, fill up, fill up, fill up, fill up, um, and then they invited me to come full time. Uh, I was a part-timer and that was very good for me. Uh, yeah. So I quit my job and just did that. And it was great. It was great. <laughs> what, uh, but, and then, so to take the leap from working, like, did you have an entrepreneurial spirit? Uh, did you have friends who sort of pushed you to crank or how, like? So, I mean, my dad, um, I've never known my dad's, from my like teenage life uh, as someone that works for someone else. My dad went to Bermuda to save money to open a restaurant. And then, you know, the family was fully invested in that restaurant. So for me, like now he has a small taxi business back home. He sold his restaurant. Um, So, I mean, I've always seen my dad like hustling and and trying to get on his own not relying on anyone for me, like, uh, cause I, you know, I, I was a bit, I was young and I'm still young. I, I didn't see myself as starting a business. However, I saw there was potential to do something different, yeah. um, to explore like, uh, something that I envisioned and that people ready to back me up, um, that wasn't being done already, which was like, make a, the work, make a workout and experience. Mm-hmm. to the best that we can right um so that was after a while of being at flywheel i had i didn't get along very well with the general manager there like i thought he was he had a very like kind of tunnel vision towards fitness instead of a broader vision um he's a nice guy but I, we didn't click on that sense we didn't agree and i spoke with the bosses and i said like if obviously things don't change too much, I'll probably have to go. Uh, but always on a on a on a nice and cordial way. You know, my last class, they brought me a cake and we did a big party. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you want to leave on a bad note. Um, 
but you know it was basically i was trying to see things differently and and i understood that fitness is diverting that way and uh, i had a few proposals to open something but i didn't trust people that much like especially if you open something here you need to be very careful mm-hmm. uh who are you going to trust who's going to have your your rights um so i had a few friends that approached me and they said listen we wanted to invest in in fitness and we we see we, we like you they used to take my classes every week um and we have decided to join forces and they trusted me and i trusted them and that's how crank kind of started yeah uh, it was yeah. basically that way and it's kind of beyond because you do the you do the um shape classes and you do also you do stretching yeah. don't you you have stretching yeah yeah. So basically, like the, the initial idea was just to do uh, indoor cycling. Um, but then we had enough space on our Dubai brunch to do something else. And we had enough time to plan for it. So we created a shape shape workout, which is like a full body workout. Uh, it's ma- basically inspired in the way that I personally like to train. I don't like to spend too much time. I like to be time efficient. So when you, you do a shape class, you're always uh, doing something. But you're never recovering too much, but you're recovering the muscles that need to recover at a certain time. So it's like, you know, if you do an leg exercise and intercalate it with an abs exercise, when you're not doing the legs, you're recovering, uh, you're recovering your legs and then you do work your abs and then you go back. So it's, it's a very, it's, it's almost like a circuit class, but with a, with a tweak, we like to call it like a group PT class. That's why we like to call it. And it's very intimate. The class is only up to eight people and people really pay attention to clients. And then stretching is a recovery class. So basically we uh, noticed that a lot of people would be intimidated to do yoga. So we've kind of tweaked it in a way that it takes a little bit the mindfulness out of it and makes it a straightforward stretching class. Um, so r- rides is our indoor second class, full-on cardio, shape helps you to tone and then stretch helps you to rest and rest and recover. Because people get really addicted to, to cycling and they don't do anything else, right? Some, sometimes they just do cycling. Is yeah. this a problem? No, no. I mean, it's it, that's all I've been doing all my life, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> I mean, people, people do that in a way because like classes are uh, almost cheap therapy right so we like to call it that way uh we make a big uh, focus a big a big uh we give a big importance to music because music is what tailors the class right and that really helps people and that's what makes the class that's what makes the class different like when you come to crank playlists are always different mm-hmm. yes we might repeat some songs but playlists always change and that's for a reason because you don't want people to always listen to the same thing but um that really gives the class a different uh, twist and when you come in there might be a song that really clicks with you and you keep coming back because you you like that feeling you're exercising you're feeling good and you listen to something that they like so it's addictive on that sense and really helps people like it helped me a lot um, exercise in general helped me a lot. Uh, exercise with music helped me more than anything in my life. Sometimes to you know go through tough moments. Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, and then just riding on the bike with good music just it's a perfect match. You know what I mean? So uh, that's why people just do. Most of our clients, uh, our bunch of regulars, the majority of the classes that they do are right classes, and then they alternate it with a few shapes and stretches. But yeah. 
shapes and stretches. Writing effects gives them the addictive effect, which is oh, really addictive. Yeah. Um, so you <laughs> you've expanded to the location in Abu Dhabi near the Corniche. Um, yep. How is it going? How is Abu Dhabi? How is Abu Dhabi different than Dubai? I know it's such a different market, right? Yeah. Well, um, first of all, it was kind of unknown territory for us. We have decided to do it because you know it made sense to open a second branch, a second location uh, within the UAE. We didn't want to open in Dubai because you know um, we wanted to keep that Dubai location very hyped up all the time. Like classes are always full, and we mm-hmm. want to keep it that way. So it made sense to move to Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi, as you said, is a different market. Um, Mainly, uh, it's a different market because people are not used to new things in fitness. That's all it is. Um, and and that's, that's how we envision. That's how I think of it. Um, I'll give you an example. Um, when, when we were studying Abu Dhabi, uh, we noticed that the, there were no classes on a Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. Anywhere. Mm-hmm. Anywhere. I'm like, what? Why? Why? Why is there no classes on a Saturday morning? Why do people, why do gyms not offer classes on a Saturday morning? So I'm like, that's going to be our first thing. It's like to change, change the market, change the mentality, right? Like we, you shouldn't be afraid to go to a market and see something. Oh, there's no classes on a Saturday. Okay, Saturday we closed. No way. Like we need to show people that's great advantages to work out on a Saturday morning. Saturday morning is a great time to work out. And let's 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 flip their mentality. So we were obviously there's always fear with risk, right? Uh, we always a little bit afraid, but so far it's been it's been really good. Saturday morning is packed. <laughs> um, we we have started now. We have five classes a day. Uh, the goal is to um, eventually get to December and we have eight classes a day. Um, and when I mean like eight classes a day, I mean at least seven have to be fully booked. Um, and that's the goal that the team has. We don't have a very sales mindset in the team. We never ask anybody to do sales. Hmm. You've been to Crank before. You probably were never asked to buy a five pack or a 10 pack from us or nobody from Crank called you to sell you anything. Oh. Or you didn't, you didn't get an email to buy something. We don't have a sales strategy. Like that's something that I really don't like when I go somewhere and you have someone like on top of you trying to sell you something. And nobody's allowed to do sales at Crank. We let the class do the sale for you. We let people come to class and enjoy it. So, I mean, the the goal for Abu Dhabi is there and we know it's going to happen and we are going to work towards it to make sure it happens. The way we're going to work towards it is not by asking the team to call people and sell them packages, it's by making sure classes are always the best that we can offer them. Um, the way to do that, we don't overtire our instructors. Uh, very rarely you see an instructor teaching more than two classes a day at right. Um we, we really take care and look after them. Uh, and then the other way is make sure the team is happy, support each other. Everybody does a little bit of everything. Nobody's better and more important than anyone else when they come to crank. Um, nobody speaks differently to the cleaner the way or the way they talk to me. Everybody talks to each other the same way. So we have a real team kind of spirit. And that's on how I know that our goals are going to be met. And how I know that when people come to crank, everybody's going to be happy to receive them. So 
the goal is there. Abu Dhabi's market is different, but all the clients, they all like a bit of compassion and attention and, and a good experience. So no matter how different the market is, that's our values. Yeah. And that's how we look into, into you know, getting there. Um, I remember so when I, came, when I came to the Dubai one for the first time, I, it was a Friday morning and I opened the door. I'm like, what is going on here? This is like a nightclub. Like, it's like, uh, <laughs> like it was packed with people waiting and leaving. I've never seen anything like it. And then I remember right. you running around, like clipping in people's shoes and like you were doing all that stuff. It was so cool. Like it was, yeah, I, I have to come down to the Abu Dhabi one and check it out. But no, I remember no, thinking there's it, a nightclub. Yeah, I have clean bikes. Yeah. Pardon? Pardon? One thing that you notice, like everybody will do whatever it's needed. Like, I mean, we're there for a purpose, right? I've, I've cleaned bikes a few times, you know, and I'll do it again. And uh, I mean, uh, there was a day in Dubai that um, it was raining a lot and all the, the most of the cleaning team, they all live in the same area. There were no transports. And me and Holly were like, all right, we have to clean bikes in between classes. And we were cleaning bikes. I mean, we do what we got to do. Um, and it's a great problem to have because it means that it's busy. We just want, you know, if it's busy, we're happy and people are happy. We're happy. So we do whatever it's needed. Well, yeah. you mentioned your partner, Holly. And I also, I sound like I stalk your social media. I don't, I just follow you, but I see you sometimes. <laughs> but you were my, you're one of those guys that I'm like, God, he really loves his partner. It's really sweet. Like you say it a lot. Uh, it gives me hope and love. <laughs> no, I do. Like, of course, uh, Holly's been um, a very important uh, part of, uh, of my life, of Crank as well. Uh, Obviously, it's not easy to live with your life partner and work with your life partner. Um, we managed to do it because we both have a lot of patience. I have more patience than her, but she's, uh, she, uh, she, uh, she's amazing for me and for the business because she has great ideas. Um, and we work very well together. We work very well together. Obviously, we argue. Oh yeah, okay. You we are. met. We, <laughs> we met here in Dubai. We met here in Dubai. Okay. Um, a few, uh, few years back, and um, yeah, it was like when I saw her, I knew it for a second that uh, you know. <laughs> but uh, no, but yeah, she she she's so important, and uh, I couldn't imagine my life and crank without her. To be honest. Okay, well, that's. But, really yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, thank you so much for talking to me and telling us all about it. It's Pleasure. really inspiring to see someone who's, you know, I think, I think people think fitness people have always been fit, you know, like, and it's interesting to meet someone who knows what it's like to go from that feeling. Yeah. I mean, like, um, what we tried to do with Crank was a bit what I tried to do with my personal life. Like have a, have a brand that is hardworking, good to people, um, I loved when someone helped me and said, you know, why don't you do this? You, you might be good at this. And, um, and having a business with good people, uh, that's very, very important. And one, one for you to take is that when we started Crank, we only hired two instructors that had a fitness background. Mm. All the others were not working in fitness. Wow. All the others were just, were just good people that we trained for a few months, okay. for many months. Uh, and made them instructors 
because you can teach people how to teach, but you cannot teach people how to be good people, right? And that's something I've seen in the, in the industry a lot. Businesses that fail are because their teams are uh, too egocentric, too good for anyone else. So that really uh, breaks the business down. Um, and we, my partners trusted me and I told them, instead of us going and poaching people from other places, let's create our own people and put our own identity. So that really helps. And, um, and that's what really set off Crank to a good start is having people that care about, you know, that's the most important part. Yeah, the workout with heart. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you so much, Nuno. I appreciate it. Thank you. And thank you so much for your time. Thanks for thinking of me. Have a great day. That's it for this week. If you liked the podcast, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. We'll see you next time on the Live Healthy Podcast.